This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we, well, number one, we have a special guest. Yep. But number two, it's Travel Food 2. Yes, or uh, producer Abby said maybe it's Travel Food 3 because we did the first one twice, kind of. Oh, no. Okay, That's well, fine. anyway, uh, perhaps, listener, you have heard one of our two or maybe <laughs> only one previous episodes on travel food. Matthew, we recently did one where we talked about food that you take on an airplane, like whether yeah. you bring it from home or you pick it up at the, the airport, but food that you bring on an airplane. Yeah, this or even food different. that you eat at the airport. But this is different. This is travel food to the destination. That's right. We have arrived at our destination and yeah. we're going to be talking about it. And we've always said, like it's been, it's been a tenet of our show that it's not about the journey, it's about the destination, right? That's exactly right. That's a, and few people say that, but we do. Yeah, we're taking a stand here. Like, screw the journey. Yes, screw the journey. Let's talk about the destination. So, okay. So, Matthew, specifically, we're talking today about like how you choose where you're going to eat once you like get to where you're going. Like, let's say you're traveling to another country, you're traveling to a different city. How do you choose what you're going to eat? What do you go for? Yeah, and uh, I think we'll probably talk a little bit about kind of just uh, some like fun travel and food memories as well. Uh, but mostly this is going to be like people and people have asked about us about this, like, you know, kind of the the research phase, like both before you go and like once you're on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to we're going to have a special guest who's who's kind of a, uh, a newly minted expert on this topic, I think, uh, because he hosts a travel show on True TV. That was a, a delicious tease, Matthew. Thank you. All right. Let's let's hit me. Memory lane. Okay. So, you know, uh, here's the thing. Here's what I have come to realize. So, I think there was a time in my life when I used to put a lot of research into where I was going to eat when I was traveling. Yeah. I mean, there was also a time in my life when I was traveling a lot more than I am now. (laughs) Sure. Um, But I think that, um, you know, there used to be really good like on the ground publications like do you remember time out in new york i do i'm so glad you mentioned this cuz like i you know i lived in new york for a year and i would read time out every week and uh, i think we had a subscription to it 
And like that, like that, and like kind of Eric Asimov's chief restaurant column, like that's how we decided where to eat. Yes. So I remember when I was living in Paris, which is like 20 years ago now, uh, God, even more than that, actually, if you picked up Pariscope, which was like the weekly <laughs> yes. little, do you remember Pariscope? I've seen it. Yes. If you wanted to know like when movies were, you know, what, what the movie times were or uh, what band was playing at the Olympia or whatever, this was, this was like 1999, right? So the internet existed, but it just wasn't that great. Yeah. And so you would pick up Pariscope. <laughs> but now it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the internet. It is a wholly benevolent force. Uh-huh. Um, so I would pick up Pariscope every week when it came out. I think it was like on Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Yeah. You'd go to the news kiosk. You'd pick it out might have been Tuesday or Wednesday also. So in Pariscope, you would not only, you know, learn about movie times, shows, theater, etc. I think there was something about like new restaurants. But yeah. the part I'm really trying to get to here and and as we as we know I I tell all my stories in paragraph form and I'm finally <laughs> getting around to it uh is that on the final page of Pariscope the back page just inside the back cover uh there be a center had some sort, uh it should have been the center fold <laughs> yeah Pariscope I believe had an agreement or like a, a contract with timeout and there was oh. an English language page at the very back of Pariscope. And that was where I would find out, well, if I wanted to not have to, to do the work of reading I was going to say, did, did you not know enough French at this time to read a capsule restaurant review? <laughs> no, I, I definitely did. I definitely okay. did. But there was something about, you know, they... they you know, it was really interesting reading Pariscope in French, right? Mm-hmm. Where where things were written by Francophone people for Francophone pe- people versus the timeout English language page at the back, which was written by like English speakers for English speakers. And so therefore, like there would always be a slightly different inflection on it. Like Okay. They, in what way? Well, they inferred like a different level. Uh, they inferred a different reference points. Okay. Right. So um, I used to learn a lot about new restaurants or even like bakeries and and like food festivals and things that were going on on the ground uh, that way. And then I I think when the internet when the internet <laughs> we're we're a couple <gasps> of internets. <laughs> yes, we are sailing on the internet to yeah, go that's right. that's get what they call it. we're the sail, golden, sailing the web. That's what they call it. We're going to get the golden headphones. <laughs> Surfing is so proletarian. We only sail the web. <laughs> uh anyway, do you say we're going to get the point, golden headphones? Yes, I said, okay. you know. I mean, yeah. well, what's what is like the internet adjacent thing to like a golden fleece? I don't. I don't know. Like a like a gold plated laptop. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Okay. The well, anyway, of the, I'm going to think about this. Okay. Holygrail.com. Uh, at a certain point, I started to kind of get a little like I started to discover that I liked it when somebody else planned the trip for yes. me. Yes. Like. In my in my first marriage, Brandon and I became friends with a couple other people who were like really good travelers and really good, like they loved doing research into our destinations. And oh my gosh, there is nothing better than to have a friend to travel with who does your research for you. And here's the part where I kick it over to you, Matthew, because when we went to Tokyo together (laughs) for the first time, you were my friend that way. Yeah. So actually, I really enjoy being that friend. I enjoy doing travel research. The the things that that I feel like have changed for me over time is like 
I I've like kind of lost my sense of FOMO in the sense that uh, yeah. like I don't care about eating at the best place or like, you know, one of the 10 best places or like the best burger in town or anything like that. I just want to eat like pretty well and like, you know, have some local experiences that would be different from what I could get back home. Yeah. Yeah. And I also have really lost my uh, my tolerance for schlepping. And so like, you know, in the, in the past, I would be like, OK, let's look at Time Out or whatever the local website totally. is or whatever and, and pick like, you know, I want to eat at these eight places and they're all over town. Exactly. I don't want to go all over town anymore. I am too like old and tired to go all over town. I want to go find some good places in the neighborhood that I'm going to be staying in. And that is good enough for me. You know, it's interesting, though. I think that for me, some of that feeling is dependent upon the city in particular. Mm-hmm. Like Tokyo is such an easy city to do that in, right? New York, such an easy city to do that in. For instance, when Ash and I went to Greece in 2018, and we were just spending one night in Athens, I did a lot of research into where I wanted to eat dinner that night because we had like one night to eat dinner in Athens. So I don't know. I feel like some of it is context dependent for me. But in general, I... I agree with you. I don't have that kind of FOMO anymore. Yeah. I just want to eat like good food and not work too hard for it. Yeah. And when we were in, when we were in Tokyo, we mostly ate in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is, which is a neighborhood that has like a thousand restaurants in it. Yeah. Which is, which is true of a lot of neighborhoods in Tokyo. So when you were living in New York though, were you still in the like doing research? Absolutely. Yeah. We would go, we would go all over town. Um, and we, like, we took a family trip to New York, like not long before the pandemic. And, uh, we, the most memorable part of that food wise was we went to Flushing and, uh, that was my first time going to, to Flushing, which is, which is one of New York's two Chinatowns. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's just like one of the most amazing places I've ever been. And uh, I think we mostly ate according to, I think it was New York magazine that like on their website, they had a, you know, you're spending a day in Flushing. Here's, here's like a food crawl you can do. And we didn't go to nearly all the places, but we got like spicy tofu for a dollar at a place that's also a florist shop. That was, that was pretty much the best thing we ate in New York. And like a little like a deli counter that makes uh, Peking duck buns and uh, some spicy, you know, spite wontons and chili oil at a different place. And like that, you know, being able, that was, that was like our, you know, friend telling us where to eat was New York Magazine, and it was extremely successful. You know, I'm thinking about, so thinking back to that trip we did in Tokyo yeah. together, which was actually, hold on, when this episode comes out, it's five years ago, Matthew. Oh, man, we, yeah, maybe, can we do that again we someday? I know I keep saying that, but yeah. We gotta go back. But I'm thinking about, you know, I think I did a little bit of research before we went. I don't know if you like delegated to me to do research yeah. into bars. I think but I do did, you remember? yeah. Did you, dis- you discovered I- Bar Victoria, right? Did you? Well, I feel like I dis- I discovered. Wow. Now I really sound like an internaut. <laughs> um, no. Uh, remember Nakano Beer Kobo? Yes. So that was like the beer workshop place that was like built like uh, like some kid's like wooden jungle gym. Yeah, that place and is great. And I think great. I read about that somewhere on some English language internet publication. Sure. Bar Victoria, did we read about that or did we just see a sign? Maybe we just saw a sign and went in. It's, and it, it's the most delightful, tiny, like 10 seat bar. Yeah. And, and the sign is so unassuming. I, I think that I always feel like you can't judge a, well, 
in the States, I always feel like you can judge a bar by its neon sign <laughs> okay. or its, it, its uh, designery graphics. In- or like it's no sign and you just have to know it's there and maybe there'll be a password. Yeah. Or like a telephone that you have to pick up when you like stand inside a phone booth or something. Yes. So so let's let's pause here because our guest is going to be here in a minute. So our guest today is John Gabris, uh, a very funny person. John is the host of the High and Mighty podcast. He's also an actor, an improviser, and the host of the new true TV show, 101 Places to Party Before You Die, which is a show that neither you nor I would ever be invited to host, Matthew. <laughs> That's correct. What, we're not party people? We're not party people, but John is, and I really hope he's going to bring the party to the show today. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. <laughs> uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet. You, totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you yep. can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see nobody, that. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So John Gabris, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, please. Thank you for having me. Are you kidding? Any opportunity to talk to strangers about myself, I take. <laughs> it is fun, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, with the exception of like police officers, I guess, sure, or sure, like sure. the checkout person. That like this is a situation in which I am prepared to talk about myself. I don't exactly. do it well at parties, but here on spilled milk, I'll go. I'll spill tea on spilled milk. Let's go. Yes. Yes. I don't even know if that term existed when we started this show. Oh, my God, Matthew. I thought you were going to say you didn't know what the term meant. And I was going to be like, we've done this on a show before. I know what spilling tea is, Molly. Thank you. Okay. 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 (laughs) All right. So, John, you and Adam Pally host a travel show, 101 Places to Party Before You Die. And I guess my first question, never having been involved in a travel show at all, is how does that work? How much do they tell you where to go and what what to eat and how much control do you have? Well, I'm assuming... Assuming it's different on every show, this show has like one, I mean, not weird, but one cool thing about it is that Adam and I are executive producers. We're creators of the show. It was, we we went out and pitched it. So we have a little more say ahead of time. There's not really any surprises per se, but like, 
they'll be like, hey, we're making a list of potential cities for season one once we got picked up. Where are some places you guys would like to go in America? So we were thrown around or like places we're connected to. Like Adam was like Miami. I was like, I would love to go to Hawaii. And those are two cities we got to go to this season. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, we so Matthew and I both, of course, started with episode one, which was Smart. the Denver episode. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> for continuity's sake. You've also done Richmond. I mean, did you intentionally choose sort of, well, Miami is like a big American city, but did you intentionally choose kind of not headlining cities? Yes. Part of our pitch was that because Adam and I like started our traveling by driving to assorted colleges within four hours of New York to perform nice. improv comedy at. Uh-huh. So, and we would seek out and be like, you know, Ithaca is actually kind of fun. It's like, yo, we got fucking loaded in Delaware, you know? <laughs> and like, we would have these like fun nights and random sh- like shit. So when, when we were putting together the show, one thing they thought of was like, we should have these cities that like the TV expression would be like, Adam and I are the party. Like, so like we can prove like if you and your friends are a good time you can have a party in richmond and i ended up taking away the most from those cities because i was like oh this fucking rules i had no idea and also richmond i can recommend my brother and his friends go to like denver i can recommend like oh dude you got it like it's not like you got to go to st bart's fam like you got <laughs> right like, no like it's like you could drive to one of these cities and like uh, and like on a teacher's salary, enjoy yourself for the weekend. You know yes. what I mean? Like you can get after it in these cities. And I, even though I am now a TV host who is being paid by a network to party at this city, but I love the idea that Denver has so much to offer and is not one of those expen- like super expensive yet. Who knows? Maybe our show will turn the tide to get that one-on-one pop. But like, it's not like a super destination. And then when we went to, to keep going off what you said, Molly, when yeah. we went to Miami, yeah. we decided like let's show a side of Miami because we're not club guys we don't like the clubs we don't like loud spots like that so we were like can we show a Miami show about partying without because to to Adam and I partying is eating two Cubans and being sick to your stomach for the rest of the day like that's my idea the original title yes. of the show, the book we bought, was called 101 Places to Get Fucked Up Before You Die. Yes, and, I saw that. <laughs> and a lot of our pitch was how Adam and I were like, getting fucked up doesn't just mean alcohol and drugs. It could be like, I had so many oysters, I am fucked up now. Like, I ha- I did not need two ice cream cones for dessert. Now I am fucked up. So we <laughs> yeah. bring that energy into partying. Because when you're 40, partying is not the same as when you're 22. That's yeah, I mean, so we, we wouldn't know because we're like, we're like 23. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're 23, and yeah, you guys are like, you would be partying, but it's all the volunteering that's eating up your time. You know? <laughs> that's right. right. People. It no. is. It's crazy to be a doctor and a podcaster, and neither know, one of them right? having borders. You guys are great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that about like the, the list of cities, because like uh, we, like I found, I think Molly too, like as we've gotten older, like visiting a boring city is kind of more fun because you can, it's cheap. You can like, you know, figure stuff out yourself. And when you get back, nobody says to you, like, you didn't go to such and such barbecue place in Austin. Like you fucking blew it. Right. Well, you only ate at Lockhart and Salt Lake. You didn't get Franklin's. It's like, right. okay, I didn't have yes. the fuck. It. I can't eat yes. 14 different ribs. <laughs> in a weekend well yeah that and also even when you do the research you're like well this is allegedly the best burger in richmond it's like there's not like 
in like LA, it's like eleven per neighborhood according to infatuation, right. <laughs> and it's like I guess I could walk to ten of the best burger, uh, ten of the hundred best burgers in LA, but I'm gonna fucking kill myself doing all that. So these like narrow targeted things, and then also there's cities that are more known like. When you go to New Orleans, you know what you're going to do when you go to New Orleans. When you go to Nashville, you know what you're going to yes. do when yep. you go to like yes. like when you go to Denver or Richmond, you're like, "What should we do here?" <laughs> like, you know, I don't even right. know. <laughs> you guys should do so so I'm originally from Oklahoma City and Matthew Hell and yeah. I traveled to Oklahoma City together. It was great. Uh, and Matthew loved it. And so I think that I I didn't love growing up in Oklahoma <laughs> right. City, but you should do an Oklahoma City episode. Well, that's Molly, that's really interesting because isn't that crazy when you invite someone to where you were from or you and you kind of disliked it and they're like, "Whoa, is this what it looks like? Oh my god, you guys had you had this growing up and you're like, uh yeah, and you realize this- how much you took uh, like how much you just like took it for granted or hated it because it was you lived with your parents and it was oppressive or whatever. And then you're like, oh yeah, I did grow up uh, within a five minute drive of the beach. That fucking rules. Yeah, but I need someone else to say it. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about Matthew is, the more boring the place, the more he loves it. So I don't I don't know if that was <laughs> oh, his response yeah. to well, Oklahoma City. I mean, but, but here's the thing: like we stayed in a neighborhood in Oklahoma City that's pretty much like my neighborhood in Seattle, which is like a hipster neighborhood. But in Oklahoma City, everything was half the price or less. So I was in heaven. Dude, going like in Portland, Oregon, going to the dispensary, it's like the tax (laughs) is like one tenth the tax in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I was take I was blown away. I was like, now I see why people move to Oregon. I <laughs> might start monthly going to Oregon to have a nice dinner with a friend or whatever, but also buy seven hundred dollars worth of weed and fly it home and make it <laughs> like I think it'll like you know offset the cost of the plane tickets. I'll <laughs> right, be earning exactly. miles We're and saving, saving money, money yeah. on cannabis. Yes, It'd be great. Yes. <laughs> so okay, so so once you are on the ground in any given city whether it's for the show or just personally if you've been to us if you're going to a city you've never been to before how do you decide where you're going to eat there do you use yelp what do you okay. how do you, what do you do this is a good question i am a leaner on friends in those situations so yes i will know like i'm very my brain is crazy uh so i will know like what three friends do i have or acquaintances that i know are from that area or their partner is from that area or I've seen recently on social media that they've been hanging out in that area right. or someone I'm like, oh, uh, Brooks Whelan is always in Mont- Montana. If I'm going to Montana, I'm asking Brooks, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ideas for Montana. Oh, this guy I know is from St. Louis. So when I go to St. Louis, I'm going to reach out to Pat Walsh or whatever. So for me to get to have all these uh, and, and that's privilege. I just have thousands of friends because I've had 500 jobs in the last uh, five years. You know, (laughs) I'm making (laughs) tens of thousands of dollars with my thousands of jobs. Uh, (laughs) It's wonderful. The industry is great. Entertainment works. Everything's going really well for us. (laughs) I'm going to be okay. (laughs) I live in a tiny apartment with uh, right now, no running water. Uh, Fun. We're getting a, (laughs) we're all playing (laughs) that fixed ASAP. Oh no. (laughs) Crazy Monday morning in the game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I would reach out to some of these people. I, I will like search the, my classics, like, uh, Guy Fieri, uh, Bourdain, Padma. I'll check like all the big travel shows and see if they've gone there and watch their episodes. Uh, Phil. 
And then I will also like fuck around like in the infatuation. Like infatuation and eater are good bets for like. Yeah. And so you've just Google like, you know, Kansas City food. And like that'll just be enough to get like an idea. And then yeah. you can go and then you go you go in from there. And then like I'm like, uh, you know, serial. Uh, I'm like hunting a serial. I'm mind hunting here. So it's like <laughs> you got, you got oh, like, okay. a, like a crazy wall. Yeah, I have a crazy wall with like red string. But if someone mentions a place that I also saw Bourdain go to, then it gets like a, we got to try to go here. <laughs> right. And then extra, when I extra thumbtack on that. Card. Yes, exactly. And then like, depending on how long you're there for, you got to like place some of the stuff too. Cause like, I don't like to have like three fine dining meals in a weekend. Yeah. But with something we brought to the show that is when I travel with my wife, it's a little different. We're fine dining a little more than seeking out like the nasty fried chicken sandwich. <laughs> right. That's like 40 minutes outside of town or whatever served in like over a toilet. Uh, uh, on the show, we do our fancy dinner, our quote unquote last supper on the last night. And that used, used to be what we did back in the day would be like, all right, we need one baller dinner. And you push it towards the end of the trip so that, that you could talk smart. about yeah. the trip over the baller dinner. And like we brought oh, that into the I show. Like that. Yeah. Where, and, I and it's like also that like, a lot. You always have that to go like, we're going to Wolf's Taylor on Sunday. Like you're always just like, and because people ask too. Yes. Like, like you'll talk to other servers like, oh, how long are you in town for? That's another great. Yes. In addition to having one baller dinner planned, uh, Adam and I and myself, I bring this energy when I travel alone, but we kind of developed this in our travels together. You got to leave a couple of slots open. Yep for server concierge local recos you can't have all your dinners booked because you want someone to be like oh well no it's saturday it's fucking chilly night over at blah 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 you gotta have chili you oh if you're in town what are you not gonna have chili and you're like fuck no we we're supposed to eat at the fish fry spot like you can't have that so you need like a little <laughs> bit of like you need a little fluidity so that you can when a sp- like the dream is when you're at some late night bar and like locals or the bartender is like all right guys we're closing up here i guess we'll see you all at dumpy's or whatever and you're like what's dumpy's and they're like oh, dumpy's is where everyone goes at four in the morning and you're like i am not missing dumpy's like that's always like and it's like you know french fries on a burrito with yep. a fucking uh, and then like you know everyone's drinking vodka dr peppers or some shit like I, yep. I, those are the places i'm always stoked to find um, is there is there a food that like you know anywhere you go you're gonna try like a burger or a taco or a donut or something that you find everywhere but has local variations? Yeah, I feel like what you just those th- those ones you like are <laughs> right. like the uh, like the triumvirate of America where it's like every town is like we're a budding hipster town so we have a place that does the following things quote unquote really well pizza yes. burgers donuts fried chicken fried chicken sandwich you yes know, like uh, so. One of my favorite genres or cuisines of food or mediums, however, whatever the word is. You, you yeah, I think it's mediums. <laughs> my favorite medium is sandwich. It's okay. carb wrapped, you know, fat and protein. So okay. any way I can get that, I'm always down to try. Because those are, like, I'm, I'm from New York. So I grew up eating, like, deli sandwiches. I'm Ita- like Italian deli sandwiches. You know, yeah. it, Italian and Jewish delis both proliferate all through New York. Uh, Italian deli sandwiches growing up. So I, I'm I'm not necessarily chasing, oh, I need to try an Italian, but I'm always curious about people's breads and sandwiches. And I'm also a real sucker for this is the gross thing locals eat here. 
Yes. Like that is yes. my fucking catnip where it's like most people, most tourists won't even try this. And it's like, I'm just waiting in line and everyone's like, here comes the human garbage can ready to try whatever the fuck we put in front. So that I'm always the guy that's like, what's it called? Poi? No one likes it. Okay. I'll try it. That, oh, Scrapple. Yeah. I'm in haggis. Give me blood sausage. Let's go. Like yeah. depend, whatever it is, I'm always down. It's a bag of Fritos where they dump chili in it. It's like pass the fork, yes. bitch. Like I just, just like I'm down to try. I, I made a rule with myself early on that I'll never say I don't eat blank and have a blanket food statement I don't eat. There's a I lot love of stuff. That. Me too. A lot of stuff I hate. But if someone else makes it or recommends it for me, I do not say I don't really like tomatoes on sandwiches or I don't love cooked carrots. Like I don't say shit like that. If someone, I am a customer first. I am a ha- I have been a server. I've exclusively hung out in restaurants and bars my whole life. I am a giant who's actively pursuing not rocking the boat in any way. Like, <laughs> I will just eat every. I will get the wrong order, eat the whole thing, and then order the thing I asked for. And they'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I never give you that?" I'd be like, "Not a problem. Just charge me for everything. I just also want that." <laughs> no, that's that's. Uh, I- I'm glad you said that thing about like you know trying whatever the greasy thing that that people will try and dissuade you from because uh, my wife and I are going to Calgary this fall for the first time and uh, so I did the thing I googled like what is what is local Cal- local Calgary dish and apparently there's this uh, Chinese Canadian dish called ginger beef that sounds like it's like kind of like General Tso's chicken only beef and greasier and I'm like we're gonna try that for sure yeah we're gonna try yeah we're gonna brick out an afternoon where we try yeah, that exactly. and then, then go lay a, down in the hotel yeah. <laughs> Okay, so John, question. So the cities that you've done so far on the show, mm-hmm. are those all cities you had been to before? Are some of them new to you? Any new favorite destinations? Oh, interesting, yeah. So thinking of the list, uh, almost all of them were cities I had been to before. Okay. But but not under, not as like a grown, uh, like not all of them were un, as a grown up who can make their own decisions. <laughs> right. You know, like, like I've been to Miami with my family and my friend's family growing up. I've been, I went to Portland for a birthday weekend. I've been to Maui a couple of times. So I'm a beach guy and I only lived in LA for like 10 years. So I've started going to Hawaii. Uh, I'd been to Atlanta, but like only for work and never mm-hmm. for like uh, like to see the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Moab, Utah, I had not yes. even heard of until <laughs> I, I got the I email either. of the eight cities we were going to. And they were like, I love it. We finalized Moab. And I was like, I like texted Pally, the co-host. I was like. <sighs> Have you even heard? He's like, I thought it was a typo, dude. Because <laughs> like, like, yeah, it, it, really it doesn't look like look, a word. It doesn't right? look like a word, right? It looks. Oh, I think it's supposed to be MOBA or something. <laughs> no, it's Moab. It's like two uh, vowels next to each other. I don't get it. Uh, it's not MOB. So that was the one that took me by the most surprise. I had no no expectations whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Went to it fell in love with it and i think maybe because i had never been there before and never heard of it and like only got a taste of it for the weekend with the show that's the city we went to that i want to go back to the mm, most what what I kind like of place that. is it is it like skiing is it like national parks is it like yeah it's like outdoorsy okay. af if you will I, yeah the the like uh, i had like some super outdoorsy roommates in college who made me feel you know I- indirectly quite inferior but they were busy <laughs> doing things like going mountain biking at moab mm-hmm. like on spring break and stuff yeah so moab is no jo- when the episode airs you guys will see this like 75% of the people we talk to like servers waiters bartenders brewers have 
base jumped, which is like <laughs> leaping off of something, not a plane, with a parachute. And the abo- the yes. amount of people who had base jumped here was pure, like over. And then that's I'm using that as a like an indicative of the vibe of the city. Like the guy who's the guy who's making your burger, who's making your elk burger. Like they eat like the most standard. Like I burned seven thousand calories today working out, so this is what I get to eat. It's <laughs> right. like always like dough, cheese, pizza, IPA. It's like that's what we get because we we are we are furnaces, we are machines. Every server is like, oh yeah, uh, Mount Moab. I'm a mountain biker, so I had to come out here. Someone's like, I'm a kayaker, so I had <laughs> me. I live in I live in a converted van out on a uh, on Bureau of Land Management yeah. land, and I'm a dune buggy guy. Oh, I I'm you know I'm a hiker. I'm a repeller. Everyone's got like some insane activity that would be like you know. If you lived in LA, any other city, that person would wear that as their personality. Right. But in Moab, it's not enough to differentiate yourself. Like, like I swear to God, I met four women who are like, yeah, I like to do this insane outdoor activity. And a lot of my friends, we like get naked and do fire dancing like on the cliffs and stuff <laughs> like that. And you're like, the abundance of people. I, you know what? I shouldn't even just say women. I, I think six different people told me that, that that's a thing they do there. Sure. It's like, Wait a minute. Get, get naked and go fire dancing on the cliffs. Yeah, it's like everyone has like crazy ass skills. Like I don't know how to explain. It feels like and- I love that that's a skill. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is a skill. It is a skill. It's valuable like to a party. The first time, like, it it's is. hard to get it right. Right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely something spectator sport at first. Right. Like, you want to watch a few before yeah. you get involved yourself. Yeah. Did you meet any fire walkers? No, I did. I mean, maybe I did. They just didn't lead with that because everyone had like oh, a dozen okay. activities. You know? Okay. And for me, I'm a budding outdoors person. Like in uh, pre-pandemic, like I grew up in like the suburbs near the beach so we had no like mountains or woods or anything but now that i'm in like my late thir- i'm 40 now but yeah. a couple of years ago in my late 30s yeah, we call living in late la 30s. Yeah. there's it's like i got an i got three hours i could drive to a campsite that's in the mountains or the beach or the desert i should get into camping and i got into it so hard <laughs> and then the pandemic came and it was like oh perfect this camping is the only thing yeah. that feels safe and then I went to Moab and I was like, I have to come back here. I have to get a Subaru Outback. I have to live here for a month. <laughs> like it just like activated me in some way. Okay. So yeah. so probably we have to wait until the episode comes out for you to answer this question. But did you base jump and or fire dance for the show? And let me let me tell you, base jumping is my worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> I I, w- I would base jump. I would try it if they could guarantee like they like it's just something survive. like like if 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 it was absolutely idiot proof and I couldn't make the mistake or they were like they were like no we had a three hundred pound person base jump previously because that's yeah. my biggest fear is that everyone's like yeah there's no weight limit and then they're like oh wait you've never yeah. had someone this size do it before <laughs> like. <laughs> They're always like, everyone can do it. I'm like, no, I'm 300 pounds and dense. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe not. And so I would base jump. We don't. I think we might even have like a fake cut that pretends we are base jumping (laughs) in the episode. So this is all for the spilled milk heads out there. You get the inside scoop. Yes. Uh, But yeah, that was rad as fuck. And like I had been to Puerto Rico before, but like 
always on like a family vacation and never on like a friend, like a classic New York East Coaster. Like now my mom flies. We don't have to drive to Florida anymore. We fly to San Juan. And I just have a new I had like a new affinity for Puerto Rico after that. I did more stuff than just like the hotel and walking around old San Juan, which is like family shit. Like yeah. I got to I, I got to go to a rainforest, like ride quads in a rain ATVs in a rainforest and like there's a rainforest that's ostensibly in America now. Like that's the only one. And it's in fucking Puerto Rico. Um, we got to go snorkeling port- and, and the food and bar scene in, in Puerto Rico is popping off. It's like, it, it's yeah. good. It's good vibes down there. People seem to be having fun. There's some fantastic food writers there too. Really great ones. Alicia Kennedy, uh, her husband, uh, gosh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Oh no, I shouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll drop I, like, it in. We'll be put it in the show notes. Mr. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, this is this has been an absolute blast, John. Thank you for thank you for joining us. And what would you like to plug other than 101 Places to Party Before You Die on True TV? Yeah, check out 101 Places to Party Before You Die on True TV, 1030s on Thursday. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Gabris, my last name. And then also I have a few podcasts. So if you're into like generalized chat shows, uh, check out High and Mighty. That's just me talking to different friends about predetermined topic and then i have action boys which is a paid podcast behind a paywall but uh we do like three hour episode two and a half wow. hour episodes about classic action movies uh way too deep of a dive no one asked for it it's truly not everyone's flavor so enjoy uh and then i also every monday night host a show called uh on spotify live called the movie buff which is just a live call-in show where we're talking about whatever movies came out that weekend so love it i got some real recurring freaks in there i feel like howard stern with a whack (laughs) oh man recurring call-in freaks (laughs) yep it's a dream i've fostered quite the community of 20 lunatics and i'm having the time of my life oh good 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 (laughs) thank you so much john thank you so much and uh, i look forward to uh checking out your podcast and now that i've been on it i should listen to a few episodes. yeah we recommend it it's pretty good <laughs> thank you so much guys have a good one that was super fun yes which of the cities that they've done on 101 places to party before you die which of the cities are you gonna go to oh gosh so i have a friend in richmond so and like i think the food in richmond is very good so that that is appealing like I have I also have friends in Denver, like online friends who I've never met, so probably I should go to Denver. I, you know, growing up in Oklahoma, we used to like drive to a lot of places in the like southwest and it is pretty centrally located, I think. And I think it's like twelve hours by car, Oklahoma City to Denver. And uh that's great. That's that's really relevant information to me. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> anyway. So uh no, I have good memories of Denver. I should go back Yeah, there. I've never been. All right. I've never been to Moab. I've never been to Puerto Rico. Like, I've never been to Miami. I've never been to, it's possible I've been to Portland. I don't think I've ever done more than have like a layover in Atlanta. Yeah, I've never been, I, I think Portland may be the only place that, that John, John and Adam went to that I have been to. Wow. Okay, well, goals, Matthew. All Maybe right, they'll goals. go to Calgary next. Maybe they'll go to Calgary. Like, yeah, no, I, I, uh. Really like like this experience talking to John strengthened my resolve to like prioritize going to to boring places. I'm putting that in quotes, but also I can go to an interesting place and make it boring. Yes, by like hanging out yes, in one neighborhood can. and and like not going to the restaurant that everybody says you should go to. Yeah, it's a special skill you have. Right, Matthew. Um, I wonder, do you have a now but wow for us this week? I do. 
My Now But Wow is a book. It's a new book called Jobs for Girls with Artistic Flair by June Gervais or Gervais. It's G-E-R-V-A-I-S. And uh, it is a YA novel about uh, that's set in a Long Island tattoo parlor in the mid-80s. And uh, the main character is Gina, and she wants to be a tattoo artist, but uh, A, tattooing is a total boys club at this time. Gina is also newly estranged from her mother and is just starting to realize that she may be gay, so she has a lot going on. I'm about halfway through the book, and like one thing that I find really refreshing about it uh, compared to some other books that I've read recently is that Gina like faces really realistic, believable obstacles and makes the kind of real life mistakes that someone at that age would make. Um, mm. And like there's there's a real lack in this book of like like kind of contrived conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I really, really am enjoying that. And also, I'm learning a lot about tattooing, which is something I know nothing about. But you can tell that uh, that the author, uh, like, you know, was either like there at this time uh, or like, you know, has deep roots in the in the tattoo world or just is an amazing researcher. Because like uh-huh. I learned, for example, that when you're when you're uh, learning to tattoo, you obviously can't spend like your you know year of apprenticeship starting out like using people's actual skin. So you practice on things like grapefruits and pig. Trotters. Oh, okay. Wow. What a what a terrific way to bring it back to our food show. <laughs> That's right. Grapefruits, and then you can eat the grapefruit. Maybe I don't know. It might be full of ink. What about uh, the pig's so, trotter? Uh, yeah, you can crisp it, crisp it up a little. Uh, okay. Under the broiler. Okay, perfect. So that's uh, Jobs for Girls with Artistic Flair by June Gervais. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners on our subreddit. That's reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. And uh, thanks again to John Gabris for joining us today. And uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's based jumping into your ears <laughs> yeah, they, we certainly are from a great height i'm matthew yes. amster burton i'm molly weisenberg hey i'm vamping matthew has left the bathroom where he tapes and uh, he's gone to go get some water because he says it's hot in there. And uh, Matthew should be back soon. Oh, here he is. He's going to find out that I've been vamping. Woo! Oh. It's me. Hi. I've been talking the whole time you've been gone. You're, you're a classic vamp. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.